Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Aligned and Thriving. I am, as always, your host, Dr. Jeremy Bullimore. Um, I am, again, joined by my esteemed colleague, Dr. Anthony Evans. What's going on, my friend? Good to be here with you again, man. Excited for this one. Uh, this is an important topic, and it's just one of those, again, another one of these little tidbits of information that can really improve your health. So uh, I'm excited to kind of unpack the hidden dangers that uh, might be lurking in your local grocery store that you're not aware of. So right. this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to touch on today is we're going to talk a little bit about food additives and specifically some of the additives that are here in the United States. Um, it's a little different. Other countries have different kind of sets of regulations, but we're, you know, specifically focusing on kind of stuff here in the, in the United States. Um, what I want to start with is a little definition on what food additives are. Uh, I pulled this from the, the, uh, World Health Organization's website. And so how they define what a food additive is, it's a substance that is added to food to maintain or improve the safety, freshness, taste, texture, or appearance of food. Some food additives have been around for centuries for, for preser preservation like salt in like meats, bacon, dried fish. Uh, sugar used to be used in uh, marmalades, which is it's kind of a, a citrus based kind of jam. Um, and then sulfur, uh, what's called sulfur dioxide, which is commonly used in in wine. So. Here we are. Food additives. Yep. And, you know, it's it's kind of astounding how complex some of these additives can be. And like some of the ones you were just mentioning, they may be relatively safe and others may completely, you know, wreak havoc on our gut health. We've kind of been on a focus lately in the clinic on talking about gut health. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to share this information. And, you know, it leads to a wide range of health problems, even throughout the body, but definitely disrupts the gut. And so I wanted to shed some light on some of the more common ones, some of the ones that maybe you see often, you didn't think they were a problem, and now you can start to look for them on those ingredient labels. So let's unpack it. Yeah, totally. Um, one quick thing, if you are signed up to our email list, you probably have seen some of the emails that have gone out recently from uh, from Dr. Evans in regards to gut health. Super, uh, super important information. If you're not signed up for that, you can, I think, sign up on our website, right? In that, in that yeah, way, if they we submit, can uh, their email address. We'll get them added to the list, so they and make then, sure they yeah, get you our guys newsletters. Can, uh, and you can get access to all of that information. So, sure. uh, we're going to cover five specific food additives, and I'm going to list them off right now. So, we're going to go over refined vegetable oils, emulsifiers, artificial sweeteners, uh, BPA, or by by bisphenol a man why is that mm -hmm. so tough to say and then weed killers so let's uh let's start my friend with some with some refined vegetable oils and and what do we or what we consider refined vegetable oils are 
think your canola oil, soy, uh, soy mm-hmm. oil, corn oil, uh, usually these things are significantly found in processed foods, salad dressings, fast foods, you know, have a lot of, you know, refined vegetable oils in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the problem really arises when these rest, these refined oils are exposed to heat during this extraction process mm-hmm. when we're manufacturing the oils and this exposure causes uh, the oils to oxidize and then they go rancid. And when you consume the rancid oils, uh, that leads to tons of inflammations, particularly in the gut. And then over time can compromise, you know, the lining of the intestines and it can result in something called leaky gut. And that's something we talk about quite a bit in the practice um, where, you know, your gut permeability has increased and now things are getting through that gut lining that we don't want. So, so it's, it's leaky gut isn't, isn't like, it's leaking out of it's not like rear end. <laughs> that's not right, right, gut. right. It's more of it's leaking out of your intestinal walls into the bloodstream, right? Yeah. I mean, I always talk to people like, you know, we think about our skin, like on our body that we can see and everything that comes into contact with our skin, you know, can go through our skin. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you're putting lotions or soaps or whatever, or other chemicals on your skin, it can get through your skin. Um, however, if you think about your mouth through, you know, your exit on the other end, that's just one big exposure to your external environment through your intestinal tract and, and all of that. And so that lining, um, in your intestinal lining is only one cell thick and we have some mucosal layers in there and things to kind of protect us from the food and the content that's going by. And when we disrupt that, the health of that endothelial lining, um, things, those gaps between the cells start to open and things can get through and our immune system is right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our nervous system is right there. And those things tend to get into the bloodstream and then the body kind of reacts to that. So leaky gut can lead to several serious health issues. Um, we talk a lot about, you know, it being the precursor to autoimmune issues, food intolerances, um, sometimes skin rashes, nutrient deficiencies. And, uh, so we take it pretty seriously and, uh, you, you don't want those, uh, mucosal linings, uh, broken down, especially uh, in your gut as yeah, well as your blood brain barrier. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So next one is emulsifiers and mm. these are essentially kind of additives that help kind of help stabilize the, the texture of the food. Uh, they prevent more of the separation of oil and water. Um, but that's, I mean, Anytime you're adding in something else to to change some type of molecular or chemical formula of something else, sometimes that's not so good. Yeah. And, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, you know, the purpose of this stuff is to make it, you know, more attractive, more enjoyable, but not necessarily more healthy. Right. Yeah. And um, these things can really disrupt the gut health as well. Like you were talking about, um, you know, there's some research that's shown that consuming the emulsifiers can dramatically alter that gut microbiome, which is like all of the good bacteria that are living in our gut, um, that we need. And that bacteria really produces a lot of nutrients and serotonin and things that we want to function well. And, uh, can also trigger inflammation in the intestines. 
Um, some animal studies have even suggested that these emulsifiers can kill off, you know, all that bacteria that I'm talking about. And then you, you know, then it ultimately leads to like even weight gain and inflammation in other parts of the body. And so sometimes something as simple as an additive in our diet may be restricting our ability to even, uh, lose weight. So yeah, totally. Impacting um, some simple what are, things for that. What are some of the... What are some of the things like if you're looking at an ingredient label that you know could be an, an identification of it's yeah. Of an so if you're looking through the label, and usually there's a long list of ingredients on these type products, you know your salad dressings and such. Yeah. Um, look for things that say polysorbate 80 or soy lecithin. Um, there's the um, carrageen and uh, cellulose gum pretty much any of the gums are going to be disruptive to your gut. Mm. And uh, like you said, they're usually used as an emulsifier. And we see these in our the fancy coffee creamers, even coconut milk, uh, a lot of the sauces, salad dressings are like the sneaky one, right? Like you think you're going to yeah. eat a healthy salad and put all these good veggies in there. And we build yeah. this beautiful looking salad. And then we pour the salad dressing that's got all these processed oils and, and, um, all kinds of other additives and things that are going to look nice because they've got these emulsifiers in there, but they end up just wreaking havoc on our gut. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. watch out for those salad dressings for sure. Okay. Number three is uh, artificial sweeteners. Yeah. That's... You know, this is quite deceptive, right? Like yeah. you think for a long time when these came out, you know, it looked like, oh, wow, these are a good alternative to consuming sugar, right? Mm -hmm. And indeed, a lot of these artificial sweeteners, you know, have zero calories. So that looks good um, for a lot of people, but it actually is not a healthier option. Um, one study even conducted in Israel, uh, they showed that mice fed the artificial sweeteners like aspartame, sucralose, saccharin, um, had abnormally high blood sugar levels and rapid weight gain. And comparative to the ones that ate just they were fed just the natural sugar. So I would say in this case, based on those studies that like regular sugar would be a healthier option than the artificial sweeteners. Not that I'm advocating for you to eat lots of sugar, but yeah. um, I think the, the, these artificial sweeteners actually have a, a dark side that most people aren't aware of. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Wasn't there a, I feel like there was a documentary on uh aspartame in regards to how unhealthy it is or maybe that was something that we watched in school like is that true i can't remember there, Remind me I about think, that. i think i remember something yeah there's been a couple different documentaries where they're trying to demonstrate how much sugar consumption people have yeah. in the united states in a year and it's like a a truckload of sugar it's pretty horrifying and then they have had some that where they've tried to out some of these artificial sweeteners, you know, cause a lot of these are used like in the diet sodas. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I, I remember like my great grandparents used to use like the pink packet of stuff. I can't remember yep. what that one is, but, um, uh, is it sweet and low sweet and low. So that might be like aspartame or yeah. one of those. And for, you know, it was sold as a healthier alternative. And so a lot of people moved over to using that Yeah, and, uh, it, it definitely wreaks havoc on the gut, but it might, actually be worse for you than just using regular sugar yeah so yeah um you had talked a little bit about um or we're talking about the the artificial sweeteners and whatnot 
have you seen any like human studies, uh, you know, on some of these things and how it, how it impacts? Yeah, I think, um, the human studies really just echoed the findings of the mice, my studies suggesting that, you know, consuming mm -hmm. the artificial sweeteners can promote blood sugar problems, you know, dysregulation, insulin resistance, uh, leading to obesity, um, ultimately by affecting that bacteria in the gut. So pretty eye-opening and uh, yeah. enough for me to never go near this stuff. Um, I would recommend using, you know, real locally sourced honey if you can. Organic honey yeah. is a good sweetener if you want to put a little something in your coffee or whatnot. Yeah. Um, okay. So number four is uh, BPA. Mm. Yep. I honestly have no idea what this is. That's I fine. mean, I, yeah, I've heard of it. And you've but probably seen it on the plastic water bottles, right? Like oh, when you're yes. buying plastic okay. water bottles, yes. people have caught on to this. And so now you'll see like labeling on the plastic water bottle that says BPA free, right? Yes. Okay. And this so makes I think more sense. Most people are ca caught on to that and they're aware of that. Um, but you might not be aware um, that it's in a lot of other things too, like any um, food or beverage that's packaged in plastic or cans with this plastic kind of liner that they use, um, probably has some BPA residue in it. Um, uh, problem is, is, you know, a lot of our food that's packaged like that, it's transported all over the world sometimes, but definitely across the U S. And so that stuff's like on the back of a truck going through Texas at 108 yeah. degrees and it's heating up and that heating yeah. up leaches this stuff out into your food. Um, and then, you know, it shows up in the food and that, and that's very problematic. Um, some animal studies have linked BPA to like the promotion of unhealthy bacteria in the gut and, um, increased risk of like inflammatory bowel disease. And so the, this ingredient is actually kind of promoting the unhealthy or dysbiosis of the gut. Um, and so if you're consuming a lot of products that are packaged in plastic or cans, you're probably getting a lot of BPA and not even realizing it. Um, so it's, 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 it's a sleeper in there for sure. Yeah. And I feel like I've, I've heard, read, listened to some stuff on microplastics in the ocean and, mm -hmm. you know, ocean animals consuming these microplastics and that getting into um, obviously leaching into their, their body systems and then us catching, you know, wild fish, um, yeah. you know, shellfish and stuff like that. And so us are now, you know, humans are, you're thinking Consuming it, that yeah. they're eating, you know, healthy, you know, salmon or whatnot. And there's, you know, they've ingested a lot of microplastics and that isn't, you know, kind of now getting into, yeah. You I know, mean, it's super frustrating because you, yeah, traditionally you want to try to buy the wild caught salmon, right? Cause it's better than the farm raised. Right. And then now we're like, wow, we're polluting the, the wild water so much that there's these microplastics in the water and then the, the fish and stuff are consuming all of these bits and pieces and then you're eating it in your food. And so, yeah. um, we've really toxified our environment a lot more than we ever should have, but yeah, it's, so uh, it shows up. So, you know, when it, you talked about the water bottle and in that being, you know, BPA free and whatnot, do you think that, that some of, you know, okay, yeah, they may take away that chemical, but do you think, you know, they may add other things into it or do you feel, you know, or, 
Although, yeah, not, I, mean, I guess when not you talk intentionally about, like, added in there, but you know, maybe unintentionally add some different things in there. Yeah, the um, you know, with the labeling of food is is gotten so tricky, and the companies that produce these packaged goods and and products, you know, they're constantly staying up on what is the lay public aware of, right? Yeah. What do we got to put on the front of the box so that you go, okay, wow, this checks all the box. It doesn't have this. It has this. It must yeah. be good. And they're kind of figuring that out. And so even with the BPA story, um, you know, it's a step in the right direction to start, you know, removing BPA, but now they might move to an alternative like BPS or BPF and which could also have harmful, um, effects to the body. And we just haven't picked up on that. So people aren't directly looking for, Hey, is this, you know, BPS free? And, yeah. and so that may not be on there. Um, yeah. And then there's the last category, which I think is one of the biggest ones, right. And that's the yeah. unexpected. I think you were yeah. kind of alluding to like what, what things are not on the label that are probably really toxic and problematic for our health, for our gut health. And uh, I think that's number five on the list, right? Yeah, weed killers. And, you know, it's the, weed it's the law what, of unintended consequences. You know, it's, mm -hmm. hey, I need to get rid of these weeds, but I'm also putting this chemical on here to kill it, and it's leaching into the soil. And yeah. the plant is absorbing some of those chemicals. And now we're consuming this plant that has, you know, Sometimes All these chemicals on there. Yeah. Most non-organic foods are contaminated with toxic pesticides, herbicides, um, like glyphosate would be the big one. Um, glyphosate, you know, it's, it, it's actually classified as a carcinogen. Yeah. Um, it disrupts this delicate balance of the bacteria in your gut and can lead to the development of food sensitivities and intolerances. Um, some studies have even found a link between glyphosate exposure and gluten intolerance, which I think is kind of interesting. Wow. Um, and it's pretty rampant. I mean, even when they study like families in other countries where like glyphosates are, you know, heavily um, banned, they still find it in people's blood. And, and so it's like really gotten out there. And so if you can afford, and I think, there's an argument to be had that most people can, if you kind of move some money around to buy cleaner yeah. food. Um, one of the things that we try to share with a lot of our patients is the clean 15 dirty dozen from the EWG. And that has oh, a yeah. list of, you know, here's the dirty dozen, here's the 12 most toxic fruits yeah. and vegetables, just based on how they have to grow and harvest them. You know, they're, those are the fruits and vegetables that have the most pesticides and herbicides used on them. Um, strawberries would be number one. Strawberries are kind of porous too. And so it's not only the chemicals that are used like on the fruit and the plant, but then are also washed into the soil and then absorbed mm -hmm. into the plant. Mm -hmm. And so um, you want to stay, you want to buy the organic version of all those things on the dirty dozen for sure. The clean 15 are 15 fruits and vegetables that just based on where they're grown or how they're grown. Um, there's a lot less or minimal amount of pesticides and herbicides used on them. So you could buy uh, conventionally grown and get a very low to no uh, exposure of those chemicals. And like avocados would be one um, that you could buy conventionally and uh, not have a high exposure to some of those chemicals. And so knowing that we have a, a little 
thing that we include in one of our workbooks with our patients mm-hmm. um, that they can cut out, keep in your wallet when you're at Costco or you're at the grocery store and you're going, oh my gosh, I can't remember. Did he say bananas were on what list? You can reference that. And I think that's that's a powerful tool to uh, minimizing some of these toxins that you may be bringing home to feed your kids, you know? Yeah, sure. totally. We want them to eat fruits and vegetables, but we also don't want to give them poisonous fruits and vegetables, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty, it's a, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll try to, I'll post or we'll post, uh, that, that list of fruits and vegetables that, uh, Dr. Evans just talked about. We'll post that on our social media. So if you are following us on our social media, um, look for that. So one of the things that, that I want to bring up and we've talked about, and I brought this up in the beginning, as far as like, you know, the regulation within the United States and, and kind of how that differs from other countries. Um, so I found this and I'm just going to compare, um, Europe, European countries and the United States. So the regulating body that is in charge of allowing or yeah, I guess allowing certain additives to food is, is the FDA. And, and their approach is, is kind of a hand, at least what I read is kind of a hands-off approach, uh, to the testing and the inspection and anything that's added into it. If it, um, if it's proven to be harmful at that point, then they make them the, the company who adds it in makes them take, you know, take it out. Um, in European countries and the authority that they kind of go by is called the European Food Safety Authority. And it is, I think one of the big differences here is you have, in Europe, you have a lot of different countries that have different um, political kind of political systems and political influences. And so it's, it's not like the United States where, you know, we've got, you know, kind of how our democracy is set up. It's rules and regulations are just a little bit different. But anyways, I'm not going to get into politics. Um, but they require the the EFSA requires additives to be proven safe before they approve those. And so if you ever go to Europe and compare similar products, a product in the United States to a product in, in Europe, you'll see some differences in in those nutritional labels and what is added or what's what's there in Europe and and what's here in the United States, which I thought uh, was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, you if you order any beverage almost in in Europe, you're going to get it in a glass bottle. It's not even coming in a, a plastic bottle, you know, which is That's... pretty cool. But um, yeah. It, things are not heavily regulated. And and like you talked about, you know, it'd be nice if they had to prove it safe before they get to include it versus, yeah. Hey, let's wait to see if it causes any problems. And if it doesn't, um, and, and on some of these things, it's not, it's not like if you have a little bit, you're super sick, right? Like it, it's kind of like a slow death by a thousand cuts, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Unless you're in a state of hyper, you know, inflammation or your gut is really wrecked. You may have an instant, you know, one or low dose experience that causes some discomfort or something. But, um, for the most part, you know, having a little bit of aspartame is not gonna, not gonna kill you in the first Mm -hmm. soda, you know, but, um, over time, 
that's what's really happened is you're destroying that gut, the gut microbiome and the gut lining. And then we see more um, evolution of these chronic illnesses. And so um, I think the takeaway here is that, you know, these things are toxic and can lurk in all kinds of foods and beverages. Um, Some are really easy to spot on the label when some are not necessarily, you know, listed in the ingredient list. And so you got to be aware of, you know, where your food's coming from, how it's processed, what's in it and what it's packaged in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it takes effort to, to, to buy and, and find, you know, organic, you know, organic foods, you know, limiting processed, you know, foods is, is very challenging. Um, you know, the, the organic piece, I mean, it's, it's richer in, in nutri in the, in the beneficial mm-hmm. nutrients. And, and usually, right. um, they're free of, of tox- toxic, uh, weed killers and, and other questionable, you know, additives there. So yeah, yeah there's it, other benefits other than just avoiding these toxins to eating organic right. as well. And so, uh, maybe in another podcast, we'll get into all that fun stuff about, you know, regenerative farming and mm-hmm. all of those other benefits. And, but the nutrient density is by far greater, you know, um, in the organic. In the organic. Stuff. So, yep. yeah. So you got to make mindful choices. You know, we got to take care of our bodies, got to take care of your gut. Your gut is so connected to everything in your body. Yeah. And uh, disrupting it seems to disrupt your overall health. And, uh, you know, so hopefully we've brought some awareness to these additives and, and people can start looking for them and start evaluating the foods that you have in your pantry and your fridge at home. And, um, you know, check that salad dressing. Maybe it appeared to be a a good option, but maybe it has a bunch of seed oils and some emulsifiers in there and, and you didn't even realize it. So, or make your own. Yep. That's what we do. That's That's the easiest way way to is make, you know, you control what goes in there. So that way, you know, absolutely. Well, this is going to do it for another episode of Aligned and Thriving. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, if you're not already, follow us on our social media uh, at or Aligned for Life on Facebook, Aligned for Life Health on Instagram. Um, and then on YouTube, it, it's also Aligned for Life Health. So if you are a YouTuber, or watch YouTube videos, you can watch this podcast, uh, should be released, um, tomorrow, which by the time you watch this, I will be saying (laughs) it's tomorrow. So you'll think it's Saturday, but really it's today. Wow. Mind blown. Okay. Anyways, thank you. Have a great one. Take care guys. Mm -hmm.